Good morning, or good day to you at whatever time you are listening to this recording. We continue to be hindered in our use of the building, yet we continue to serve the Lord and live for Him according to commitments we made long before the current crisis. And we look forward to the day when we can see each other again under pleasant and safe circumstances. In our adult Bible class arrangement, today marks the beginning of our studies from the book of Proverbs, and the class recording was uploaded today, and that class constitutes the first introductory study in our journey through Proverbs. In this sermon recording, I want to call to our attention one phrase that is key in understanding Proverbs, and beyond that, This phrase is key to everything about our relationship with God. This phrase is located in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I'll bring up the rest of that verse in a few minutes, but for now, I'd like to concentrate on that statement, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Perhaps when you were in high school or college, you remember the word familiar in our course catalogs, prerequisite. You couldn't just sign up for any class that looked good to you. In order to enroll in some courses, you had to have a prior requirement met. For example, Public Speaking 102 was only available for students who had completed Public Speaking 101. 101 was the prerequisite, something you had to have before you advanced to the next level. Proverbs 1 and verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the prerequisite to knowledge. If you really want to know what's right, know God, know what life is about and where life is headed, start here. The fear of the Lord. That's not just here at the beginning of Proverbs. This description of heart content is everywhere in Scripture. It can be considered fundamental. It is essential, a prerequisite. It reminds me of that little sign that says, start here. So what is the fear of the Lord? And how does this connect to real life for me and for you? That's what I want to take up with you during this recording. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now let's back up. Who is this Lord? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but who is the Lord? We really can't fear someone we do not know. Who is the Lord? As you observe and engage nature, and you receive the impression of design in nature. Honesty takes you to the conclusion there is a designer. We've talked about that before. A designer capable of power far beyond what humans can conceive or do. A designer who organized the universe to function with order. Human life, plant life, animal life, all placed perfectly and functioning exhibiting superhuman design. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
Psalm 119 verse 12 conveys the conclusion we confess. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. 2 Samuel 7:22. How great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you, and there is no God but you. As we have heard with our own ears. The Lord we fear is the only God, the sovereign creator who made us in his own image and sent his son for our salvation. What is this fear? Well, it isn't a frantic, terror-stricken panic, nor a cringing terror that sends you running away from God. It is an attitude of respect, respect of the highest sort, It is reverence that prompts you to seek Him and honor Him and learn more of Him and surrender to His will in all circumstances. Look at it this way. There is something that can be called ungodly fear. Ungodly fear like this. You have opportunity to speak the truth of God, but you're afraid someone might be upset, and so you shut up. You are afraid the truth might bother someone. You are reaching that place where you're ashamed of the gospel. That's ungodly fear. When you are afraid to say no to sin, that's ungodly fear. What we're talking about is godly fear, that disposition of respect for God that prompts you to seek to know Him and please Him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and this fear is not only respect or reverence, it includes the dread of displeasing God. That trembling awe that takes into account the horror of denying God His right to command us, the fear of crossing Him, displeasing Him, taking seriously passages like Hebrews 10.31, it is a fearful thing, to fall into the hands of the living God. So we're talking about reverence that prompts us to seek Him combined with this serious awareness of the dread of falling into the hands of the living God. All right, we can't stop here. We know something about this, the fear of the Lord. How does this connect to real life? This isn't just something that helps you study the Bible. This isn't something limited to a church building. Every Bible concept, every principle, every truth must be connected to how we think and speak and live day by day. So we should always ask, so what? What do we do with this fear of the Lord that is the prerequisite to knowledge? I want to make five connections. We are connecting the fear of the Lord to real life, five examples. Number one, worship. Now, this one is obvious and may be our first thought about the fear of the Lord. In worship, we want to be in a frame of mind that holds God high as we praise Him and concentrate on His will. Paul and Silas did this from a jail, Acts 16, 25. 
They were worshiping God in spirit and in truth, even in a confined circumstance. Worship isn't a ritual that is primarily outward. It isn't about just being in a place. The heart must be directed to God, to His Son, as directed by the Spirit. You've heard brethren say in prayers, May all worldly thoughts be dismissed from our minds as we worship. So one of our first applications that just immediately comes to mind, the fear of the Lord involves the reverence for Him that we present to Him as we worship. But there are other connections we might not immediately think about. Let's connect the fear of the Lord to evangelism. Do you remember this statement in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 11? Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing what we know about God and knowing that He has made rich and gracious provisions for us to be taken out of sin and into fellowship with Him, there is powerful reason to tell others about this. Do you sometimes have this thought, what if I don't tell others? What will happen to them? You may hear that song in your head about now, you never mentioned him to me. We take the fear of the Lord with us as the appropriate frame of mind for worship, but it's also motive for evangelism. Thomas Fuller said, if you have knowledge, let others light their candles at it. Number three, temptation. Knowing how great and how holy God is, and my desire to be His faithful child, aware of the horror of sin, those thoughts kept close are part of my defense against sin. Proverbs 8.13 To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. You know, part of fearing the Lord is love, and part of fearing the Lord is hate being repulsed and offended by sin. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, and that hatred is critical in our resistance, our refusal to let temptation lead us into sin. Number four, remember what we're doing now. We're connecting the fear of the Lord to real life. Number four, relationships. I want you to listen to this in Ephesians 5 and verse 21. This phrase, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. If you have the New King James, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And then all around the context in Ephesians 5 and into Ephesians 6, Paul describes how this works out in our relationships, in marriage, in parenting, in our relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. We are connecting the fear of the Lord to real life. Example number five, gratitude. It may be that ingratitude is one of the primary sins of our time. May I repeat, ingratitude is one of the primary sins of our time. I know that there is 
very dramatic expressions of rebellion against God, immorality, intoxication, violence, gossip and murder and greed and unbelief, horrible examples of sin, we seldom consider ingratitude as even a sin. Yet in Romans 1, Paul said it was the sin that led to many others. I suggested this past week, when time spent in your home is available much more than before, many out of school, out of work, sit down and make a gratitude list. I mean, just write down your blessings. And there's another song that may ring in your head now. Count your many blessings. Go back and walk through your life and take your time and consider how God has blessed you in so many different ways and times. It is mentally refreshing. It is a spiritual discipline. It will enrich your fear of the Lord and deepen your love for Him, and it will just calm you down. Every good gift comes from God. And for Christians, in all circumstances, we can and should be thankful. So this has not been an exhaustive study of everything about fearing the Lord. These are not the only connections of this framework, this mental framework to daily life. I want us to understand it is not enough to grasp the concept to know the definition of godly fear. We must apply that in life. We must connect the fear of the Lord to worship, to evangelism, to temptation, to relationships, and to gratitude. Proverbs opens with this fundamental statement. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of worship, evangelism, temptation, relationships, gratitude, and all the other things directed by the Holy Spirit that we do before God. The fear of the Lord is the starting place. It's where you take off to gain knowledge sufficient to please God day after day. William Barclay, a very good writer, said, this describes the feeling of the man who is living in the shadow of eternity, who is always conscious of God, who never forgets that he will give account for the things he does. That's it. As you start your week, though it may not be like previous weeks, your routine has been interrupted. Your plans have had to change. You are uneasy and concerned. Don't let what's happening diminish your fear of the Lord. Nurture that concept. Proverbs is a book about life and what life is all about before God. And now as I close, I want you to listen to a familiar passage that comes at the end of of Ecclesiastes. Now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, 
for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Thank you for listening. Have a good week. Goodbye.